Welcome to the Young and Fruitful Podcast, a community of soul-aligned women ready to grow, learn, and step into the spiritual being they came here to be. Join me, Valeria, while we explore the behind the scenes of this healing journey. We talk about the wins and losses, the heartache and the excitement that we inevitably grow through in this human experience. Thank you for pressing play and let's get into today's episode. beautiful souls. Before we get started into today's episode, I do want to let you know that all perspectives from myself and my friend, my beautiful friend, does, are really based off of our personal experiences. So that does limit the way, the people, the situations, the experiences that we can talk about. So a lot of the situations are going to be very heteronormative But um, we do try to diversify our language as the show keeps on going on. But again, we can't talk about what we haven't experienced and we want to be respectful to that. So I wanted to let you know before we get into today's amazing, amazing episode, we dive deep into male fantasy. We dive deep into shame. We dive into divine feminine pleasure and all the above and how it integrates into spirituality and our personal experiences and it's jam-packed with amazing things. It is lengthy though, so I'm gonna stop talking and let's today let's begin today's episode. Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Young and Fruitful Podcast. My name is Valeria, and I'm your host. And I'm so excited because we are in week three of August, a month where we have guests every single week on our podcast to have meaningful, deep, real conversations, and along with that amazing goodie already. You get gifts every single week. Um, This week is all about access to an amazing workshop called Reinvent Yourself Workshop, and you'll learn about that a little bit more at the end of this episode. But today, my guest, the beautiful, the amazing, my best friend, Desiree. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I am so excited because we are going to jump in to talking about female pleasure, feminine, divine sexuality, sensuality, um, shame, childhood, all all the things, all the things. Um, So it's great. And I chose Des because, believe it or not, she was the one that showed me first year of university, my internalized wounds, my internalized misogyny, my internalized um, shame when in relation to pleasure, in relation to um, anything that has to do with that because I wasn't taught that that was okay or I just very much looked at my environment and knew that it wasn't okay to talk about. It wasn't okay to um, fully express myself in that way. So, Yeah, whenever I was, like, with you in first year, it was very interesting for me (laughs) to find myself talking about this stuff, and you would look at me away. You'd be like, what? Why are you talking about this so openly? Like, I felt like I was so creepy, like, talking about this stuff. But then, as I've seen you throughout the years, you've definitely come into your own in a way. And you've become more comfortable with it because with this whole journey that you're on, you're also acknowledging that 
this uncomfortable portion of your 20s is also part of the journey. So I mm-hmm. think it's really important that yeah. you took the time to open yourself up to that. You know, you give me so much credit. Thanks. <laughs> it's all you. It's all you, girl. <laughs> um, so before we get into to, to me, let's bring it back to you. So I know that your our childhoods just shape us so much in the way that we think of what's good, what's not good, what's right, what's not right, what's allowed, what's not allowed. Um, And I find it really interesting that your cultural background kind of contradicts in some ways your freedom in in the way that you express yourself. And I want to dive into that journey. But first, tell us kind of your background and how that has shaped this part of you. Yeah, so I'm Persian coming from a immigrant household where they both came from Iran and, you know, sensuality and female pleasure is very frowned upon. Not even frowned upon necessarily, more so repressed because Mm. it was just seen as a very dirty and wrong thing. Mm. Even in the way where when I'm over there, you have to be like a lady, you have to be a woman. There's There's a whole notion as to oh like be a lady be a woman but at the same time how do you define that how mm. who who created that definition mm. i i didn't <laughs> i'm not the one, like why are you defining what i am when i haven't even had my own authentic experience yet so with all of that it, it was really difficult for me to go against all of that because even today coming into this podcast i had anxiety because i all i could think about is what if people are thinking that this or that or whatever. And I had to check myself on that because I was telling myself there's nothing wrong with this because men do this all the time, (laughs) like all the time. They just talk about this so openly and even with like their parents and they get high fived, you know, like they tell their dads and they're, yeah, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Or the dads are like not upset at them for being out until four in the morning. Whereas if it's their daughter, we get like 500 calls. Mm-hmm. So that's something that's very difficult as someone who grew up here with parents who were, grew up there. Mm-hmm. I had to break away from that, which was difficult. However, I think it's even more satisfying to be able to fall into this and be open with it, knowing you, you pushed against something that was put onto you unnecessarily. Yeah. And so when you started kind of this journey, so you knew as a child that like it was dirty to experience pleasure. And every time on a movie, (laughs) every time I'm just like watching a movie, I think it was High School Musical or Mm. something, even just like a kiss. Mm. I was so violently uncomfortable, (laughs) like violently uncomfortable. I would I think my dad was sitting next to me when I was watching High School Musical and I knew the kiss was going to come because I'd watched the movie a couple of yeah. times. And I like jumped in front of him to be like, don't look. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, I think about that to this day because why? Mm. I don't know. Even when I was right. little, I was still doing that. And so I'm happy that I no longer feel that way. And was it out of rebellion, do you think, that like you first pushed back? Like it was like, no. I like how did you know that there was another way of thinking than just like the sensual like then just thinking it's dirty to be honest when I first started experiencing 
being becoming more comfortable with you know sexual topics or anything like that I was afraid I was really afraid every time Mm -hmm. I would be in a situation where that could happen or someone was talking to me in a way where I knew it would lead into something like that I was always really terrified of the consequence for some reason Mm -hmm. I'm not sure why and so I don't think it was until maybe I was 18 starting 19 when I fully came to terms with this is fine it's okay to be afraid Mm -hmm. it's okay to not know what you're doing because my parents never gave me the talk ever Mm. never in my life have my parents discussed sex with me ever told me how to have safe sex Mm -hmm. was it just avoided Oh, it was completely avoided. I never had that conversation with either of my parents. I don't even know if they, I think they might, like, am I still a virgin to them? I don't know. There is completely, I have no idea because we just don't have that type of open dialogue with Mm -hmm. each other, which is why even now when I have friends that are older who are in their 30s thinking about having kids, I always tell them, please talk to your children about this. Tell them it's not a bad thing because Sometimes there are times where I wish I could have asked a question Mm. before I had to figure it out myself. You know, Mm -hmm. I think it's really unfortunate not having that platform to be able to ask someone you're so comfortable with, like your parents, something like that. However, I also understand their own generational trauma, Mm. so it's not their fault. And I would never blame them for something like that. They did a great job for the circumstances Mm -hmm. they were given. Yeah. However, I'm taking those lessons and I think putting it forward yeah and like choosing a different lifestyle for yourself because yeah like as you're listening you probably know that I too am a child of immigrants I came here from Ecuador when I was five um and just giving sometimes it can be so frustrating because it's like why why did you teach me this you know or why 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 was this put on to me but like as kids, there's so much generational baggage that we need to like. <laughs> like we shoulder that burden. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> really We're do. carrying it up the hill. Um, and I think it's really saying something about who you are to be able to recognize my parents didn't know any better. Like, what use is there to blame them anymore? You know, because like I feel like we grow up and it's very easy to blame my parents, <laughs> especially. As both of us being the first child, mm-hmm. we're kind of the guinea pig. They don't know Period. what they're doing. This yeah. was our first child in a new country yeah. where it's a lot different. Yeah. H- huge differences in what's considered okay and what's not okay. Like back in Iran, you have to wear a hijab. You have to be fully covered. And then here, sometimes you go to the club and your boobs are out. Like it is what <laughs> it is. And at first, there was some pushback from my parents, but they've gotten a lot better and have mm-hmm. come to terms with it. However, it's still unacknowledged all the time. And sometimes I wonder, I'm like, is the only way that they're going to know that I participate (laughs) in these activities when I'm like pregnant? Yeah, literally. (laughs) When I am about to give a child to this Mm -hmm. earth, like, is that? Like, oh, so you did that. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a thing that you practice? Okay, okay, cool. Cool. Awesome. But then, like, you're married, it's fine. Mm -hmm. But I think it's just uncomfortable for them as, like, their their baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I kind of understand where they're coming from, too. Yeah. But it is important to still have those conversations, Mm -hmm. as uncomfortable as it is. Yeah. And, like, uncomfortable, like, hella uncomfortable. And it's funny, I want to touch on what you were saying at the beginning beginning where you you felt like 
am I wrong for talking about like pleasure and like sex and sexuality and sensuality in front of like Val? Like, you know, because it was it was very just in me. I have and um, I've mentioned this before. A lot of women, a lot of girls have the good girl complex, right? Mm-hmm. Of, okay, how do I avoid getting in trouble? Um, and how do I be the model girl citizen that everybody wants me to be? And a lot of the time that involves not uh, challenging opinions, not changing um, the way that society already is, Um and accepting the beliefs put onto you as in you're a woman you need to be dainty you need to cover up like you mm-hmm, said close yeah. your legs what are you a slut like not me spread these- eagle right now <laughs> <laughs> literally and it's like what like you said like when i go back home and i just fucking sit the way i want to sit i know it's, it's like so- i'm instantly sexualized all the time and it's always like a sexualization put on to me that i am not allowed to practice but i think that also stems from slut shaming in a way mm-hmm. because like i said previously how men are praised whereas women are shamed mm-hmm. it's it's unfortunate like who are you having sex with yeah men like okay like, go have sex with men but like don't shame women yeah like i don't understand like you can get a high five from mm-hmm. another guy if you tell them oh like i was with this girl this girl this girl but if a girl says that they're like oh she's a whore she's this she's that and i don't know where that came from i don't know who decided mm-hmm. that was okay yeah because that also puts a whole umbrella over all the girls feeling that they can't talk about it mm. you know because yeah. you're so afraid of being slut shamed and af- i have friends that are afraid to discuss their body count and fear of being judged whereas there's guys who openly tell me oh yeah like i've been over with over 200 women no problem mm-hmm. and they flex it like mm-hmm. they really flex it it's like praise me because i'm telling you this exactly mm-hmm. and it's such a huge like stark contrast between this like the, the two genders and how they talk about that and deal with that it's just mind-boggling to me. I can't even mm-hmm. I can't even wrap my head around it sometimes and I think that's why maybe you weren't comfortable talking about mm-hmm. it before. Maybe not even <clears throat> consciously, but like subconsciously you didn't yeah. want people to you that good girl complex comes from the f- you want to be the good girl. So, exactly. You don't want to be seen like the good girl, you there's no problems, no one's judging you. Everyone's like, "Oh, she's a great girl. Like she's like she's a good girl." Mm-hmm. But it's like that external validation. Yeah. And when we talk about right now, we're just talking about like male and female because that's our that's our experience. Um, we don't mean to limit like the genders and the non-binary and like oh, everything. Yeah. <laughs> like we we're definitely no. Like that's, no, that's just that's, for our personal experience. Yeah, that's just for yeah. our personal experience because we can we can talk about that. But yeah, and even because you have a little brother. Mm-hmm. Do you see even after your parents have realized actually we're in a new country there's different things is there still discre- discrepancies in the way that you're treated versus him yes and, I and think he's younger it, than you yeah, and it's crazy because i think about it all the time I j- I've, I've even openly spoken to them about it about how easy they are on him versus me in everything and so there's times where he doesn't come home until four or five in the morning and I asked him the next day, did did you get any calls? Were you harassed to come mm-hmm. home? He was like, no, I just came home, went to bed. It is what it is. And then if I am out and it's like two in the morning, 
I have like eight calls waiting for me being like, where are you? Who are you with? Mm -hmm. And so. And you're how many years older than him? Four. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'm really almost jealous of him that he can just so openly do that and Mm -hmm. live his life the way he wants to without needing to report back all the time. And I'm older and I'm, it's weird. It's just, just because I'm a girl, I think, to be Mm -hmm. honest, just because of the cultural thing. Yeah. If I was a guy and um, my brother was a girl, yeah. I think he would have dealt with what I'm dealing with. It would just been swapped. Yeah. So, so there's always this like obsession of policing women's bodies, whether that be sexuality, whether that be what time you're home, mm-hmm. whether that be there's just like so much. And I understand that in the world that we live in, women are way more likely to be experiencing horrible things. Um statistically i understand that but where do we draw the line of just letting this continue to happen you know are we just going to start like just keep on being like no girls you you can't be out very late or can we start normalizing Mm -hmm. that this is like something something that just is coming up for me right now is the topic of virginity and it being taken away from you oh from the man. You know, it's like, oh, let me take your virginity, shoddy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like sir, like, what is this? It's not I, an ATM machine. Like, not, I don't understand. Get, like, I'm taking yours. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Are, aren't we just, just mutually equal? Because whatever that you stand on the spectrum, maybe you think, like, that nobody should have sex till marriage. Okay, well, be about that, but be about that for all people and not be exclusive. Or if you think everyone should be able to have sex all the time, a million ways, be about that, but be about that for all people. Like, yes, some views are hurting other people, but at least you're not being exclusive to one, like, identity. Just going back on what you said, when you, however, like, with the virginity thing, Mm -hmm. Don't you for but I think for men too, like if the guy is a virgin mm-hmm. and the girl isn't, wouldn't she be taking his virginity too? I guess, but I hate that like it's just the concept, you know, of taking someone's mm-hmm. virginity like regardless of gender, you mean? Yeah, I think so. I think it's just because it's so scary when you put it that way, you know, like you're a virgin, you know, you need you're pure. like and then then it's like this virginity is a concept of penetration. and it's like, well, what counts is what and what doesn't? Yeah, because there's lots, you know, like for people who are bi or lesbian or like that's different. Or gay or it's like it's, different. it's just different. So I, I knew someone once upon time that was um, very much like, oh, I'm a virgin for life but just because they liked their same sex you know and so it's it just shows like a fault in that in the system if you will and like in that space Mm -hmm. of just I don't know I I feel like that just the concept of virginity ties into the good girl compass that I was talking about because if you're a good girl you wait if you're a good girl you um you make sure that it's it's this man that you might marry like or like you wait till marriage you know and there's there's different experiences for different people with different cultural backgrounds and some things are being good some things aren't you know it just changes because it's all relative right it's like everything is always relative but people make it so absolute and I do still like I like my core beliefs have kind of they've stayed the same but I've made changes to them so for me I do like for me I'm so like a passionate 
one very much like monogamous like (laughs) that's just in my core that's what feels right to me but it definitely stems from at, at the beginning of my youth being told that that was the only way to go but now I'm more like flexible in it and being like no this is this is how I feel for me I need a soulful connection to be fully present and like all of these things but they're my belief systems now that don't hurt anybody else they just are my practice no I know what you're saying and the monog like there's so many different everyone's relationship is defined differently mm-hmm. there sometimes there isn't even a term to describe what your relationship with someone is and so I don't understand this whole need to label everything Mm. and not even in the sense where it's like oh I don't want us to be boyfriend girlfriend don't label it I mean and just in terms of who like everyone has their own authentic experience with Mm -hmm. someone and it's hard to put it in this box because then there adds so many external rules that you may not have had or you may not have even been worried about but now that those rules everyone else is following them you think to yourself oh I have to be following them or I'm discrediting myself and my relationship Mm -hmm. so So true yeah and the term monogamous by the way I was listening to Esther Perel which she's a love coach and relationship coach she has an amazing podcast um also that you can listen to on Spotify um and she was talking about how monogamous like definition and the way that it was originally intended is like one person for the rest of your life but like she's like humans are just monogamous with one partner not no longer monogamous because that would just mean that the person that you first initially choose to have a relationship with is who you stay with for the rest of your life so I just thought that'd be like a cool little tidbit of information as (laughs) just things continue to change like things Mm. are always um continuing to change and talking about like the internalized things that we get from our childhood there's a lot of shame that gets rooted into who we are how we practice pleasure how we express ourselves sensually and um we'll definitely get into kind of why that's a thing but I guess for me specifically I'm a Latina and I feel like Latinas are so stereotypically sexualized. Oh yeah, you guys are like, fetishized yeah, so much. It's like, oh, you have to be a mysterious, but you can still like dress sexy but don't let anybody touch you and it's like there's all of these conditions mm-hmm. of like how you're supposed to be if you're going to be that one sexy Latina on the block. And I think that as I grew up, it was definitely something that I was conscious of and I always tried to not speak that much at events or like just be quiet because I was like okay well if that's what people expect from me that's what people want from me to be like quiet and mysterious and not everybody know my business or not even my business but my personality and like who my what my heart is then I might as well do that because if you like anybody knew me when I was younger I was yes I was a lot of the people in front of like that I was close to but with events and stuff like that, I chose to be quiet. Which, whereas now, like that's not me. Like I'm, I'm the person that's loud, laughing. Me and Des are just like fucking running the show and having the <laughs> best time of our lives. But, um, but yeah, I don't even know where I was going. Back. No, but just to challenge that, just for a second, um, you were mentioning how, like, as a Latina, you mm-hmm. feel like you need to be quiet. But I feel like all girls feel the need to have mystery or be quiet mm-hmm. because when you're an open yeah. individual um, who's charismatic, who's super yeah. outgoing, you you lose interest yeah. from the other guy or the other girl or mm-hmm. whoever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, 
And so it's weird that we have to act like we're uninterested to gain interest, which is very interesting mm. to me. Yeah. I've never, I've never, it's so weird. <laughs> I don't understand I that. I've never no. gotten it because I'm just so open with mm-hmm. stuff like that. I'm not necessarily an open book in terms of who I am as a person. However, I'm an open book with communicating my feelings to people because I don't understand the point of like beating around the bush because it's just such a t- waste of time and i don't know where i'm going with this either but i'm just like i'm no i know flow. we got I'm in like, a state of flow i know we got into like a little tangent but initially <laughs> <laughs> the internalized shame is what we were kind of talking about um and oh that's why i got into the good girl that i got it got it got it got it got it <laughs> so right back so <laughs> so yeah like it's a common thing that women experience i was just talking about it in terms of like the latina i'm just seeing like a JLo walking towards me, you know, she, she shouldn't be speaking too much. So people draw her attention, you know? So for me, sometimes I would feel like, okay, so I'm Latina. I should be sexual because Latinas, there's a whole category of them (laughs) on like every fucking porn site. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, I just always heard growing up, oh, like, you're Latina, you're sexy Latina. Oh, you're wearing red, you're sexy Latina. Like, it was vi- it was, it was such a weird label that I would be put on. And I'd be like, okay. Um, but sometimes I'd be like, okay, bestie, like, fine, I'm sexy. And so in some ways it helped me and in some ways it didn't because I was like, wait, but, like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Or, like, I've always been kind of shamed or I knew that I shouldn't be experiencing this pleasure. So... You know, it's affected, like, a lot of relationships, a lot of interactions that I've had. Um, Do you think that the shame, even though you, like, broke out of it kind of when you were 18, 19, does it still sometimes creep up on you? Does it still... Um, It definitely follows you. It doesn't ever really leave. And it's unfortunate to say that, but you just have to kind of press it down because it's a ugly thought it's a really ugly thought because I know that my partner would whoever my partner is I'm just saying Mm -hmm. my partner wouldn't be thinking that you know like no I sometimes feel if I'm too open about it or if I talk too much about it even with someone that I'm close to I have little thoughts that creep up in the back of my mind that I'm going to be judged for it which results in shame and then Mm -hmm. I get so much anxiety for the following hours thinking like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, they're going to think this. Oh, they're going to think that. This literally happened one time I was with my, a couple of my friends from high school. We were hanging out, um, had a fire and they were just talking about stuff. And I mentioned something that is regarding the topic of, you know, like sexuality, sensuality. And they all went like kind of quiet. (laughs) And I was once again, I know I said this already, but violently uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I thought it was going to be such a cool like conversation to have, but they all were like, <laughs> okay, like mm-hmm. super like, why are we talking about this? And I felt so anxious for days afterwards and I couldn't hang out with them for a couple of days because mm-hmm. I just couldn't bring myself to face You're them. You're like, what if I, they're judging me? I, I, I just felt like maybe they're looking at me like I'm some nympho, you know what I mean? Like it's, and when I'm just trying to like have an open discussion, we're grown. Like we can mm-hmm. talk about that. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was just uncomfortable for me. And I hate that feeling. And I have to keep pushing past it to be able to continue because whenever I talk about stuff and I get those types of reactions, it really deters me from continuing living my authentic 
self mm-hmm. yeah. and being able to talk about things that I want to talk about because sometimes it's I don't have that open dialogue at home. I don't have that open dialogue with many people. And so being able to talk about it, even with your partner, if you can't talk to them about, oh, like, have you been STI checked? Have you been, when's the last time you had sex? You're not, you shouldn't be having sex with that person. <laughs> like, and I, for the first couple of partners that mm-hmm. I've kind of been with, I was too embarrassed to ask them these questions which I find mind boggling now because if you don't ask that, because I didn't have the talk, I didn't know mm-hmm. about the whole safe, oh my God, I can, I can go on for days. Um, but I feel like this shame that follows you can actually be super like unsafe for mm-hmm. you because the shame stops you from communicating and the lack of communication can result in a really bad consequence for you. And so that's why I tell all, even I was telling you in first year, you need to open up because it will bite you in the ass later if you don't mm-hmm. become open to it. If you, Because I even, I was telling you, I was saying, if you don't open up now, like, you're when you're, you're going to be 25 years old and you're going to not know, not know how, to how to communicate that. Mm-hmm. And then that's when you're getting into the whole really serious relationships that might even end up in marriage. And imagine being with your partner you're getting married to and you're still too embarrassed to talk to him about stuff like that. Yeah. And so I, I had to kind of push you a little yeah. bit because <laughs> especially if you were going to – I was. I knew that you we were going to stick around for a while and yeah. we were going to be friends for a while. And so I was telling myself, if she's going to ride with me – we're going to be able to talk about our stuff that we can't with our parents mm-hmm. or with people surrounding because it's you need to be able to let that out and ask your questions. Mm-hmm. It's so important. She's a Scorpio son, everybody. I, <laughs> <laughs> I want to get that out there. Um, no, and that talk, like, you, it, it really helped me kind of seeing somebody my age be so open. We have other friends that still with, feel weird about me yeah, doing that. Super, like super weird. And I think... Sometimes it's weird, but like this, like again, thinking differently isn't going to get you liked by the majority, but it's going to get you liked by the people that are supposed, like that you also like, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. pleasing everybody and trying to do that. And I want to kind of um, touch on something that you said earlier, which was, um, I don't think that it ever goes away. I kind of want to like see how you, what you think of that, because I'm hopeful that the shame eventually will leave. (laughs) So, um, the thing is, at least when like I'm forty or fifty. Yeah, so. imagine being imagine? Like, imagine being like sixty years old and being like, oh my god, like don't, like, <laughs> um, don't. yeah, like don't do that. Stop. Oh my god, like being all shy. Um, but it's a process, you man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean like it never goes away. Mm-hmm. But but actually, like I don't know how to explain this properly. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's so well. Actually, no. I I'm being. This is not a good thought process <laughs> for me because. Everything can go away if you really put work into mm-hmm. it. The only reason I said that it will follow me, I think, is because of the generational, mm. you know, like with my parents, yeah. like when I'm when I'm older, regardless of if it never goes away, it's just with, it's, I don't know what it is, but it's just the parents. Yeah. The immigrant parents, they just don't get it. They mm. never will yeah. about, you know, like having casual sex mm-hmm. or you know, just talking to someone to talk to someone, you're not necessarily dating them. Yeah. I one time tried to have that discussion with my mom and it just, it, it didn't, it, she couldn't comprehend <laughs> it. <laughs> it didn't stick. Like she was like, but 
so he's your boyfriend i'm like no she was like huh and like it has like a minor like <laughs> a minor a minor crisis yeah but i didn't even use the word like sex or anything i was yeah. like oh just hanging out with this guy she was like oh so boyfriend i was like um i met this man one time <laughs> literally it's like i'm just it's just it's not that deep i don't even know if i like him like, yeah exactly i'm just testing the yeah, waters so no yeah and and was actually like a very empowering thing that comes from that is like if we choose to be parents or if we're the cool aunt mm-hmm. like we can change that narrative for them and i think in that it helps us because yeah. it's like it continues to liberate us because we're liberating other people or we're, we're stopping them from being there at the first place mm-hmm. like don't mm-hmm. don't get into the stage where you have to unpack so much. Oh my god! That like just represses everything and anyone that who you are. Um, and I, I kind of, I know. I hope you're enjoying this this talk because I definitely am. If you felt uncomfortable a few times, that's okay. Very In, normal. Inspect where you are. Inspect, um, kind of what you're feeling, what words are triggering you. And, you know, that's, that's a guide for your own growth and your own development. Because like we keep saying, it's an ongoing process where you're trying to just like life is your, it's an ongoing process that gets better and better. Because I knew like the beginning of this journey, I was like, wait, I'm going to have to heal for my rest of my life. I don't even want to start like that. That was my toxic thought process at the beginning of this whole journey of um expansion and learning and everything um but it actually does get better each time you uncover a new layer because you can show up more authentically and more authentically and more authentically so next thing that we're going to talk about is feminine pleasure um my scorpio sun is on fire (laughs) (laughs) um and i really want to dive into this because like we've sort of talked about it's very much okay if it's in the i'm just talking just very general okay i'm talking about like the overall population that is not conscious of the damage that this is but a lot of the times feminine pleasure is only okay through the eyes of a man Mm. it's like even and i'm not saying like if porn is good porn is bad that's not this conversation i'm just saying that like a lot of the time it's it's for the man's pleasure and we're not taking the patience and the and just the time to listen to what women are really enjoying it reminds me of billy Eilish's new song male fantasy I actually, at some point, I'll have to just like look on my phone. But there is a website mm-hmm. for any girls out there. Mm-hmm. It's a like it has porn that's from the fem like for the female perspective. Yeah, it's wow. like more built more built for females versus yeah. you know all of the websites that are already out there. Yeah, it kind of shifts that. So at some point, I will definitely grab yeah. that website. And this we this all these resources that we're listing because I know how like we both know how limited they are and how not given like they're not given to women you know Mm -hmm. they're not it's it's not a thing in the show notes for anywhere that you listen to this is going to be a link and so we'll put like your links and Mm -hmm. like the links of women because listening to other women be so free about it definitely helps you normalize Mm -hmm. it a little bit more so yeah we are talking about the male fantasy fantasy. go ahead (laughs) right it's uh so many things that i just unfortunate Mm -hmm. for some reason it's it's take it's taken away from us in a Mm -hmm. way because even if you tell oh i don't like there's videos of like girls doing that to themselves and then guys like watch that which Mm -hmm. is so interesting to me that like they they even are like sexualizing feminine pleasure Mm -hmm. to themselves which like 
kind of dope at the same time because like oh like you care about us cool yeah but it's, this, it's very complex it's so everything weird. that we say isn't obs- ob- ab- no, absolute so, by the way yeah it's such you know a like we understand area. that like a lot of women identifying people do that for like their job or their money you know like we're not shaming oh anybody no not at, at all, all. Like, we're just having this conversation normal. like oh yeah we do not shame any sex workers any even if we don't comprehend it even like she's she comprehends a lot more than i do even (laughs) if i don't understand it i don't understand korean but i still accept it as valid yeah yeah okay Okay. yeah good we got that out of the way let's continue (laughs) (laughs) um so i actually wanted to ask you Mm -hmm. a question yeah how do you think that the male fantasy has damaged our way of enjoying or experiencing our feminine pleasure i think in some ways i've personally resented that Mm. And then if I, and then it shows up when I am trying to like experience something with a partner, even with myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, well, am I just playing into the like male fantasy right now? Mm-hmm. Like I'm very, sometimes it, it comes up where I, I get just resentful that the world like, hates women and just wants to use them. And I start getting to this place where it's so unsexy for me. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, why the fuck do I want to do? I, I wouldn't, I don't want to do it, you know, if I'm shaming myself. So I've, in some ways, my brain has taken that whole context of males being able to do a lot more than females can um, in terms of just what society lets them do. And I've used it to shame myself, oh, which okay. is like, I've been conscious of it now. But it's something that I feel like a lot of women experience, but they don't know how to verbalize it or say it. But I think a lot, I just, I get so angry about like male, like misogyny, or I get really angry about like the repression of women. But it's also because I am too continuously trying to heal that part of myself. Mm -hmm. So it's like an act of rebellion so that I don't fall into the trap, I think. It's like a very defensive act on my part sometimes. Yeah, no, and I think with the whole male fantasy thing, it's everything that we, not everything, I'm only speaking for myself a couple years ago, (laughs) (laughs) everything I would do was for the male gaze because I felt Mm -hmm. like I needed to cater to it. The way I dressed, the way I, you know, held myself, the way I spoke in convert, like I was like, oh, you have to speak a little bit lightly like Mm. that. Like everything I would do is for... The male gaze. And you can't look unattractive. Yeah, exactly. Like, if I was going to stay at... I wouldn't stay at people's houses because, like, oh, they're going to see me in the morning without la la la, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. And so I really, really, really needed to pull myself out of that because now I do it for my own gaze, you know? Like, it doesn't Mm. matter because I think all girls... Even when you're little, you know how... Oh, I don't even know how to explain. Like as a child, too. Like you, when the boys would like like you're like, oh my god. Like, <laughs> but it's also like reinforced by the teachers oh, and like 100%. the parents. You know, they're like, like oh, he oh, likes he you. He likes you. Oh my god. Yeah, and so if it again, it follows you. Mm-hmm. And so I was I found myself not being happy with. I, I I felt like I needed to wear dresses. I felt like I needed to wear mm. skirts. I felt like oh, I have to wear heels on a night out because I want to look more feminine and mm. men like feminine women. Right. And then if I ever wanted to wear sneakers, I felt like bummy or, you mm. know, and I hate that. That, that we can't just be complex human beings. You know, like some one time I came dressed, you know, kind of drippy. I had my cargo <laughs> pants on and I had like, I felt really cute. 
And then this man, he was at National. I don't know who he was, mm-hmm. but he was like, he came up to me, he was talking to me, and I wasn't really. National's a club. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and he wasn't, I wasn't that interested, so I was mm-hmm. just minding my business. And then he was like, oh, you're gay, aren't you? And I was like, <laughs> why would you say that? Yeah. I immediately double to like, I look back, you're and I was like, like, why do you say that? And he was like, the way you're dressed. I was like, what on earth is happening? I'm, <laughs> I'm wearing cargo pants and a t-shirt. Yeah. But I look cute. I have my nails done. Like, leave me alone. Like, well, I, I, I feel pretty. Exactly. So that's when I was like, wow, we really have to be feminine in order to... Or like what the world perceives as feminine. Yeah. Obviously, like gendered femininity. Oh, yeah. So we have to exude this femininity where we have to wear heels and dresses and have makeup and all that stuff in order to be perceived as satisfying desirable. to the male gaze. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, okay, be satisfied or be um, desirable but don't go home with them. Like, you know, it's like a such like a yeah. polar opposite of you want to be looked at. You know, if you if you wear tight clothes, wear them, but don't do anything, you know, because of it. You know, it's like such like a conditional love I know. that we tend to put on. Well, people have put on us, which then we've learned. We are conditional about the way that we can show up. And then it's like you said, it's like through the male validation of it all. And the whole male fantasy also, I think, impacts the confidence of women, mm-hmm. too. Because, like I said, when I'm not wearing a dress and heels, I feel bummy. But, mm. like, why do I feel bummy? It yeah. doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I still look good. And if you feel more comfortable that day exactly. with that anyways. Like, it, it's so weird that this whole notion of how we are supposed to be just trumps how we feel internally. Mm. We're trying to... It doesn't matter how you feel, blah, blah, blah. Because, like... It goes back to when we were animals when, you know, like the females are like, oh, like you have to come to me and I'll decide if I want to and all that stuff. So And the male had to impress the women. Yeah. But like we've evolved, you know, we can have some fucking some diverse interactions. And if if some days that's how you want to dress, then like fucking dress that way. I I recently dyed my hair Lava Girl Pink. Okay. And we love it. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> and I think I was in a very before I wasn't allowed to because my mom never allowed me. My mom was very strict with things like that. Um, I was never allowed to paint my nails or like nothing like that. So and then I got older and then she started allowing me to do more things, but then I just didn't want to dye my hair, especially like funky colors. And so I knew that when I would walk when I was younger or stuff, or I was with like family members and stuff and if we saw someone that was fully expressing themselves in like different colored hair and stuff like that i i knew that they would laugh and so then i was a child I was like, oh okay so that's bad like you're not allowed to be expressing yourself like that you know and so that again i was trying to please the imaginary person um the imaginary man <laughs> and so when i did this it was very much like a reinvention to claim some of my power back um but it was also just like me i wanted to you know it's like if i wanted to then why don't i and so Mm -hmm. i did it and someone that i know in my life a family member i showed them a picture of my hair and they were very much like do you do you not see what you're doing to yourself like you look so ugly you know, like that's so ugly. Oh my god! And Dead I was on sight. <laughs> Dead on sight. And I was, you know, and like younger me, like sixteen year old me, was very super insecure. And um, even though I didn't portray it, like if you saw me at sixteen, like I was 
the girl that was like wearing heels to high school. Like, like I was, I was okay. that. Daddy, we love that. Um, but like internally, I, I still had a lot of validation that I need, that I needed, and I sought after unconsciously, and so that would have like destroyed me, and I would have been like, damn, like I, I don't know if like this is good for me right and it's like and I would be told by men in my family when I was younger that I should get my birthmark removed because men aren't gonna like it oh my god the way that I'm feeling with rage okay yeah um they're not gonna like it so no man's gonna like that so like remove it well I like it so thank you so much (laughs) thank you so much and it's not that I need a man to like it but like my man loves it so like you know, it doesn't make sense that this one man's view that I was supposed to change my body mm-hmm. for what the idea of this ideal, sexy, desirable woman is. Mm-hmm. I was like, fuck you mean? Like, it doesn't make any sense. But when you grow up hearing that, you start being like, okay, well, do I need to? Thankfully, I have my mom that's like, you're not changing anything about yourself. Like, no. Like, what are you saying? Like, you're going to find it sexy when you grow up. And now I my do. culture is so different. <laughs> really? My in culture, what way? Like, half Iranians have nose jobs and if i wanted to get one tomorrow they'd be like okay they'd be like do it now yeah they'd be like oh i have a doctor do i want to like, give you the number <laughs> i no, and like my mom is is very much like someone like don't change don't change or change but like some of the men in my family are like yeah i mean you might want to like do something it, it won't be bad but just like change here your nose or like change this and you can do this and that but it's very like oh but you can't do that like stop policing me you know I if know. i if i feel sexy in a certain way then let me feel sexy in a certain way i don't it just it's they feel like they have the platform to be able to say that the to audacity. you when they, the audacity mm-hmm. the audacity that they have to feel like they are able to say something like that to you it's like oh you want to tell me what i can fix mm-hmm. let's talk about you sir yeah <laughs> yeah it's like and what mirror are you looking at yeah and that would be a whole different conversation because you know they would get pressed they would get so pressed mm-hmm. if like a girl was ever to be like fix this fix that but yeah then, like this isn't like a build a bitch yeah let's let's um let's just take what we have yeah enjoy and it, love relish where we're it. at and i and we're talking about like the men that like really do police women in this way if you're a man if you know a man that isn't like this good oh there's so many guys out good there that aren't you. like this not at all oh yeah but we're talking about this whole feminine pleasure shame everything like that a lot of us self-identified women those conversations that maybe we've had with a man that feels like he has the right to talk about a woman's body in a certain way that's what sticks with us and then that was is what subconsciously starts like running our lives unless we openly talk about them think about them journal about them and we're like, oh, actually, that's that, that's just their own insecurities that mm-hmm. they're portraying onto me. And it's not something. It's not that I can't experience this pleasure. It's not that I can't. It's just I've been un, I've been conditioned not to. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. But I think that finding how to do that properly, mm-hmm. you know, how to wield your fe- like femininity and being able to, you know, give yourself pleasure is. like a monumental milestone Mm -hmm. in your life because it just changes everything going forward because you're relying on somebody else yeah you're not no longer relying on somebody else but also you know what feels good to you you know what you like and like I said, if you can become comfortable having these open conversations, you can communicate to your partner, this is what I like, this is what I need. Let's mm-hmm. let's see what we can do with yeah. this, you know? And even if it feels uncomfortable, 
it's, you yeah, know? it's like uncomfortable conversations always have better outcomes than not saying anything. Like, you know what I mean? You'll always regret mm-hmm. not saying something because there have been times where I haven't said anything because I was like, I'm embarrassed. And then I just, just it was just not a fun experience. It was yeah. just like, why did I even? Why was that? Did, like, yeah. that was so useless. Like, that was a waste of my time type yeah. thing. And so not the people or anything, but just yeah. like the yeah. actual like experience sometimes because you didn't communicate what you wanted. You didn't really get anything out of it. Yeah. And I know that sounds bad to say, but at the same no. time, it's okay to say this because I know hundreds of men they get pissed when they get blue balls. Mm-hmm. Like they have a whole hissy fit. They have. They're like, oh, so you're just gonna leave me like blue balls? Like, mm. And I literally just get so. <laughs> it's just. Do you know how many women leave your house with the same mm-hmm. issue, but we don't say anything because, because we're not taught that that's allowed. Yeah, like girls aren't allowed to complain about that because we're just told that oh, girls are just like it's hard. To make girls, mm-hmm. it's just it's just it's difficult. Just, it's just difficult. So it's not going to happen. But because it's easy for me, we'll make sure that I get mine in. Oh, and that's a whole thing that I've been trying to overcome. I've been trying to overcome it super recently because I'm really starting to realize no, like pleasure is sacred. Being spiritual and being sexual, experiencing they're not mutually exclusive. It is okay for you to experience divine feminine pleasure if you feel good you're supposed to experience the whole range of it like if you were just going to be a soul with no fucking body parts or parts down there you're meant to be using them so intimate sex is intimate intimate. it can be spiritual as spiritual as you want it can be as rough as you want you're sharing yourself in a really vulnerable way and that actually oh my god i totally agree with you we just did the twin thing where like i say one thing you said the next So if you guys didn't know, we're mentally connected. We're mentally connected right now. We're mutually doing this. Um, I am starting to, because like on this journey of um, having this, again, like this spiritual podcast is the BTS of spirituality, but do I just talk about fucking angels and tarot cards all day? Absolutely not. Why? Because we are so diverse. We are so, we're meant to experience a range of emotions, experiences without shaming ourselves from having them. So that's why we talk about so many of these things. And that's why it's so important for me to be able to have people like Des on where we can be so truthful and honest about our experience. And so when I was kind of in this spiritual thing, sometimes I felt like, wait, I I grew up Catholic. I didn't really grow up Catholic, but like a lot of South America is Catholic. So a lot of my extended family was Catholic. um, And so a lot of those views were very much imposed on me. And I I just had this feeling in my Catholic um, because I went to Catholic school. Like it, it wasn't a good thing. Like, no. And like you could opt out of sex ed which i think is one of the most we don't even have to get into that but like oh oh my god God, one of the most no like i now know that that's not a good thing my mom was always like no it's important to learn so she'd always like sign the waiver (laughs) can you believe my parents almost didn't put me in sex ed i had to beg them you're lying i'm not even kidding like my mom was like why would you need to and i was like mom (laughs) i my (laughs) my excuse was everyone's doing it that was the only way that she would let me in and thinking back on that just you just brought unlocked Mm -hmm. a memory just now (laughs) I remember having to like beg my mom 
to be like, I need to learn this, which is so weird. That's so strange. Oh my God. I can't even, it's I like, totally forgot about that. Thank you. Anyways. No, no, that's <laughs> as you were. No, that, that's, that's so important. But, but yeah, so I was just, I, I was thinking, okay, so you're not supposed to have sex till marriage. Got it. And so that like self pleasure. Oh, don't even think of Like it wasn't even a top, like, no, mm-hmm. like that's not something you're talked about. Nothing. But I knew that guys did it because guys would talk about it a know? lot. Guys would show each other their um their peepees, <laughs> weenies, <laughs> and yes, we're we are five years old. Thank you very much um for coming to our TED talk, and so we don't say that in any derogatory way. By the way, if you're if you haven't caught on, we're having fun. Yeah, we're just you know living life. <laughs> we're living life. We're living lavish. Yeah. Um. And so that, first of all, I remember having that conversation, like, with a friend I had at the time. I was like, wait, is that a thing that you do? And, like, they were like, no. And then, like, you do? I was like, no, is that, is that a thing that, like, women can do? Like, I was so just foreign. And then Val Ender enters first year university, and to me, she's like, is that a thing you do? I'm like, absolutely it is. <laughs> yeah, literally, fast forward, like, 12 years. Um yeah absolutely i do let me let me and then you're like what the fuck (laughs) what the fuck is that is are you real is how is that a thing and so i'm starting to realize that it is okay Mm -hmm. and it is i mean i've been on this journey for a while so like i realized that like it's okay but it also just keeps on coming up for me just like the universe is like here there's more to be healed let me push it up to the surface better Um, they show you than not at all exactly or better i than than me dissociating or like not Mm -hmm. trying to fix it right so compartmentalizing or heal it sorry um and so i'm just starting to explore more of what that may look like for women or people with vaginas um and it can be so much more like you know there's a lot of patience involved you know it's not that oh it's hard for women no it's just operate differently you know just like why do you always have to do a quick fast thing like you know sometimes there's a time and place but why isn't there more patience for women in in that in that space I know. I actually, that's a fantastic point because yes, it'll take a while. And honestly, if they care enough about, because like I said, sex is very intimate. So even when I say, when I was talking earlier about the, you know, casual moments, you still have to be very selective Mm -hmm. with who you're allowing to have this experience with you. Like when I... (laughs) Me and my friend, like when we talk about people that we've, you know, mm-hmm. boom boomed, um, <laughs> we're like, oh, this person was blessed by me. <laughs> because honestly, even a guy can feel that way. Oh, she was blessed by me because, like, you are such a powerful being. You are a f- source of energy. You, everybody is authentically their own. And you, be, like, being open enough to share that with someone in such a vulnerable way, that's intimate as fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, people really just discredit how intimate sex is because of, you know, porn and all that mm-hmm. stuff and how regular it is. But mm-hmm. I totally forgot where I was going with this. But mm-hmm. um, no, but you were talking about how you can experience that pleasure. <laughs> yeah. And so if someone cares about you enough and, like, they are ready to be intimate with you in that way they won't stop till they get it done i'm not even kidding you better believe that oh yeah trust me like i have never experienced that before until you know until you did until i did 
and oh my gosh and it opens your eyes so crazy (laughs) to kind of know that like people are out there first of all you need to be that kind of person too with boundaries Mm -hmm. and then you will continuously attract people like that with boundaries you know and it's like or even people who will respect your boundaries respect your boundaries with what you feel what you don't like you like and openly communicate what you're discovering even you know like if you're having a partner for a long time or um you just want to experiment with different partners or whatever if you want to try different things you know like it's it's okay to say you know it's not always in your in your mind and like i was saying i have like deep internalized like shame that i've continuously been healing and sometimes i even still get scared to bring things up within my current relationship and it's not because i know it's not because i don't think that i'm in a safe place it's not because i'm not fully and like i'm appreciated like i've never been appreciated (laughs) before and i am loved in like such an amazing way um and i still sometimes because of my own inner world get afraid of mentioning some things which is something that if you experience as well like don't feel like there's no hope but something that i heard recently actually my therapist told me this was that we are not taught that sex is okay in any capacity which is why we find it weird to think of our family like sexual beings and that was very like back to me because sometimes like oh i don't really want to imagine that but she's like you're just struggling with the idea that we are sexual beings Mm. like there is there's stuff to be healed there because you are a sexual being i am a sexual being your family is the neighbor is we're all sexual beings with different repressed repressed like emotions or internalized shit that we need to go through but it doesn't and at the end of the day we're still sexual beings yeah honestly i think that once you become okay with that and you come to terms With Mm -hmm. that, you become a lot more comfortable talking about it, communicating what you want, what you don't want, and it makes experiences like that 10 times more enjoyable for you. Mm -hmm. I think the whole point of sex is to be enjoyable. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to actually gain pleasure from Mm it. Why not? It's not you go there to give the other person pleasure, but you don't receive any mm-hmm. on your own. So I think it's important that you always say, before you go into it, I, before you even touch the person, you lay it all on the table. Mm-hmm. And if they're weird about it, do you really want to be sleeping with that person? Mm-hmm. Do you? Really? Do you really? Like, I really <laughs> don't think that that's the person that you're trying to let into your into your space into your, into space, your, aura. your energy yeah. so because it's just it's very because then you don't feel seen and one of the biggest things that humans want is to feel seen is to feel loved is to feel understood and whether that be with someone that you've been with many times before or a new person like if they're cool they're cool but this one thing is coming up where sometimes people say but it's gonna kill the mood oh yeah Okay. What are your thoughts on that? Because oh you seem to have thoughts on Jesus. that. <laughs> okay. It will never kill the mood, just so you know. If he, if it kills the mood, he's a boy. Get up, leave his house, on to the next. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. L- like I said earlier, and I will say it over and over and over again, if you don't have this conversation beforehand or if they can't or don't have the capacity to have this conversation without making you feel weird about it or making you uncomfortable, there's, like, do not let this man into your space or woman or whoever it is. Yeah. Don't let them into your space because it is so important that, oh my God, uh, it will never kill the mood. I'm sorry, I'm getting, like... <laughs> no, I know, I know, I but, it, so- but it's a myth that's, like, 
it all the time. Ex- no, you know, because if they, I've heard, I've heard some douchey people say, "Oh no, I don't like to talk about it because I kill my mood." Like I've literally ew. had someone when I didn't want to do a certain thing, thing. I was I was I was like trying to talk and they shushed me. <gasps> shushed. And then I was like, excuse me? And he was like, I just don't like talking during sex. Oh my god. And I was like, okay, um yeah. exit the premises. <laughs> it's time for me to leave. It's time for me to not be in this anymore. It was great. It was insanity. So that kills the mood. Yes. That, not yeah. communicating kills the mood because then you're uncomfortable. And shaming people for trying to communicate kills exactly. the mood. Exactly. So just it'll never kill the mood if you're with the right person or like mm-hmm. you're not even with the right person, but if you're with someone who has mutual respect for mm-hmm. you and under and is understands the assignment and grown <laughs> yeah yeah it, they can also be fucking enlightened loving growing healing you know like those are the best instances you know you can talk you can be open you can because it's meant to like you said be enjoyed it's meant to be enjoyable yeah and if you are in kind of like a long-term relationship or with one exclusive person or anything like that don't feel like you're limited to to what has always happened before you know don't limit yourself to Mm. how it's always been because what like again you're supposed to there's fun there's pleasure there's stuff that like comes along with it so if there's something that you want speak up about it and hope and trust i and i hope for you that there's someone that is there to at least listen even if they don't understand yeah because no one would be in a monogamous relationship if it meant you were unhappy with the circumstances that you're given in terms of your pleasure like you always they're giving the choice to be in a monogamous relationship yeah yeah Mm -hmm. exactly but i just think if you're gonna be with like your one partner like you said you can always grow and mm-hmm. how if as long as you learn to communicate, learn mm-hmm. that there's no shame in saying what you want. You can communicate your fears. Yeah, your fears, your hesitations. Mm-hmm. You can have a very fruitful companionship. Like really good. Really <laughs> very young, young and, and fruitful. fruitful. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we see each other. We see each other. We see each other. The lifers, girl. The lifers. <laughs> All right. So I have enjoyed this conversation. Oh, it was awesome. So, so much. Good. And I'm so glad that we can openly talk about this with so many of you. Um, if you're listening, thank you for listening and being open to these discussions. And I hope you laughed and talked with us. And um, that's really the goal here to continue to grow, empower, empower these spiritual women to just show up authentically. And authentically doesn't mean like distancing this part of yourself by the way it means fully learning to heal that part of yourself and show up like like that below there's going to be the links i talked about that are just really here to help you um with women that are in this field um the podcast that i talked about other resources that i me and des um figure out and it's use them use them start journeying into this part of yourself because you won't regret it it's it's more pleasurable for you <laughs> and it allows you to be more authentic if you want to find des where where can they find you um so on instagram i'm just desiree layla she'll put it in the show notes i don't really use any other <laughs> exactly but you can join her but over yeah, there i you guys can always please talk to me i want yeah i want more friends tell, tell us what we, you think about this what you're if you've had serious like similar experiences oh you can literally trauma dump on me all you want and i'll help you with boundaries 
<laughs> with boundaries. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I look forward to seeing you next week. The Reinvent Yourself Workshop. Um, you can get money off until August 23rd, which is this upcoming Monday if you're listening to this on the Friday that it drops. And I'm so excited for you to continue your growth journey and continue to heal those inner parts of yourself so you can continue to show up authentically. I love you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you want to follow the 20 verse activity, follow at the 20 verse on Instagram, rate and follow this podcast anywhere you get your podcast, share it with a loved one, and I'll see you next week.